Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm your host, Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm sharing that what's happening in our lives is a teacher. When I started this show, I committed to using my experience as a human being, as teacher. What I've noticed about many, many, many teachers, whether they're spiritual teachers or psychological teachers or coaching teachers, is that even the ones that speak about vulnerability, they often talk about it, but don't necessarily show themselves while they're in their pain process. And that's the real stigma of emotion that I'm trying to push against with this show and for highly sensitive people and survivors. We have such stigma around emotion because we don't value it as a society. Even in education, we have things categorized as soft science or hard So there's the real sort of science-y stuff that we get behind as an American society, maybe as a global society now, and we dismiss the social sciences as softer and really less important. So we don't get a lot of experience witnessing healthy emotional process. We're a heady society in this day and age where we can Google any thought that we have We have so much knowledge and information at our fingertips. We're living in an information age, a knowledge age. And that's fine and wonderful. There's nothing wrong with knowledge. Information is safer for our egos than showing real, raw emotion. So even in emotional work, we can become very, very heady. H-E-A-D, heady. Like giant talking heads that know about healing, that know about emotion, but struggle with the process of feeling and moving through it. So most of us as highly sensitive people, if we're really honest, we don't know what to do with our anger. We don't know what to do with our hurt. After a boundaries course a few years ago, someone said to me, you know, Nikki, there's always someone watching and I am that person. And I was nervous for you starting this course. 
How would you manage all the energies in the course? And I watched you. I watched how you responded to most comments. I watched that you would spend time in the course a few days each week, but not obsessively. Really modeling for us that we didn't need to obsessively do the course either. And you skillfully redirected and validated the people who seemed to expect that they would get a private therapy or a coaching session out of the course. And you did that simply and directly. I learned a lot about how to handle people in my world just by watching you. And I know that there are highly sensitive people that are observing, that are watching in similar ways. There's certainly the message that I put together and that I send in an episode. That's the surface level message, the obvious message, the words that I'm saying. But there's also so much more to observe. Therapy and self-development can be of the heady variety. And that's a big part of why I've transitioned to do this show for the last few years. So that I can show you, not tell you, but show you that we heal through experiencing. If information itself healed, then all of us would just read a few self-development books. Take a psychology class, surround ourselves with the information of healing, and we would just soak it up and we would feel healed. It is through the work of experiencing our worlds with application of that new healing knowledge. And that is the deeply uncomfortable part. Actually making ourselves be different in any emotional moment. Because when we're emotionally triggered, our best thinking goes out the window. And so we're learning by repetition and by practice when we're not triggered how to hold space for ourselves, how to move through our experience with newness. And we practice that until our subconscious accepts that newness as the new healthy normal. It's through this work of experiencing with newness that we move through our many layers of depth, that we uncover and release our pain new pain and old pain, to find more peace, more acceptance, and then joy. There is an old, pretty famous book you may have heard of called When Bad Things Happen to Good People. And just the title is a big lesson because bad things don't happen to punish us or to make us feel like shit on a shoe. The night happens so that we appreciate the daylight. The darkness we experience helps remind us to be grateful for the light, that nothing is promised. And in this way, as human beings, as much as my feely parts don't like this, we need pain to ground us, to reset us, to show us what we value, to challenge us to show up better in each moment that we are here alive, experiencing our lives. Today, I'm going to do something that I haven't done before. I'm going to let you in on some hurt, some pain that I'm experiencing right now from some news I got yesterday. And as you're experiencing with me right now, highly sensitive people, you're feeling my pain if you're listening, if you're sensitive. And I want to talk to you about how to use this episode as an opportunity because so many of you who are listening to the show are healing codependency. 
so many of you sensitives are out in the world and shy away from and pull back from pain because you haven't learned how to empathize in a way that is healthy and boundaried. And that's the opportunity in me sharing my pain is that you have an opportunity to flex your healing muscles. If you are healing codependency, if you are healing people-pleasing, if you are growing your self-worth, if you are learning about how to manage this highly sensitive body and nervous system and heart, then there is a lot of possibility for you to practice within this episode. Because I'm an intense feeler, just like you. As I've already shown you, I will likely cry as I share with you. So use this episode to practice empathizing with me without absorbing my hurt, my sadness, my pain. It's okay to observe. It's okay to relate. And that's what empathizing is. It's not a pressure to change someone else's pain, to remove their pain from them. I challenge you to allow me to be in my hurt without trying to fix it or change it or make it better. I challenge you to speak to your inner child and let him or her know it's okay for Nikki or anybody else in life to be in pain. It will move through, it will shift, and it will release. And we help tremendously simply by bearing witness. There is nothing for us to do except be And that is plenty. For some of you, the lesson will sit as a gratitude reminder. The pain in the world reminds us that nothing is promised, nothing is guaranteed. Life can turn on a dime. And just like the night teaches us to value the day, and the day teaches us to value the night, we can learn to value the human experiences that are tough for us because they show us our strength, they show us our resiliency, and they teach us how to move through pain as we age, as we grow wisdom, with more swiftness, more ease, and yes, more joy. Recovering people pleasers, it is not your job to take care of me. It is not your job to worry or to fret about what you can't control. What a waste of precious energy. Feeling badly, carrying heaviness around for someone else, that's not love because what does that do for me? Nothing. And what does that do for you except burn your energy? Many of us were taught that care and love means that I will suffer in pain equal to your pain And that somehow is how I will help you. It's twisted. It's emotionally wasteful. This is a psychologically unhealthy, emotionally boundaryless, immature way to be, even though it's normalized in our culture. If you've ever shared a struggle with someone, shared some of your pain, and they melted down so hard, that you wound up soothing them, then that's some big proof in your experience that diving into someone else's pain hole head first 
isn't as empathetic as we've been led to believe and often robs or absorbs the other person's pain process in a way that magnifies pain and doesn't shrink it. So consider, has anyone ever shown you how to process pain, discomfort, fear, disappointment, anger, powerlessness? Probably not. No, or not in a healthy way. And as we've learned about it, trying to heal, trying to figure things out, a lot of us have gone the route of learning about it through books and through listening to podcasts. If we don't understand as individuals healthy steps to processing when life throws us a wave of shit, then we stand little chance to truly be able to stand in healthy empathy with another who is going through pain. This is an opportunity to practice shielding your sensitivity. If you feel yourself absorbing or reacting to my pain in an intense way, send it back to me and say, that's not mine. If your system tries to pick up my pain again, picture a bubble around yourself that you can stand and support, but bubble off from that pain going straight into you so that you can cultivate more of a barrier. You can take a deep breath and consider imagining a huge green cloak that envelops you, that shields and protects. You can tell your inner child, it's okay for Nikki to be sad. Sad is right sometimes. Sad sometimes shows us just how much we love. So what's going on? Gusto has had long hair, my pet poodle, mascot of the show. I call him my baby guy. I call him my child. Really, he's my companion. And I found a lump on the back of his leg. He's had long hair all winter, his winter coat. And I don't believe he had the lump before winter. But he just got shaved down. And I noticed after we went on our first hike of the season that he has a bump behind his knee. Since we had gone on a hike, I thought, maybe that's a weird muscle pull. doesn't look like it's bothering him now. So I watched it a couple days and said, that's, that's not changing. Let's make an appointment. We found out yesterday that it's a cancerous tumor. Gusto just turned three in February of this year. And I want to show you and let you in on my pain process here. Chris took the phone call yesterday because I was sitting with clients It's never easy to get a therapist or coach on the phone. And he came up at the end of my day to ask how I was doing. And I saw it in his face and said, what's wrong? And he told me. And I sat shocked for about four minutes and then began to cry, then sob. I had a flash of being angry at God, the universe. As I began processing my anger and hurt and out of controlness, unfairness, how young he is. I noticed my younger parts start to want to process. This is not fair. I've had to lose so many people and now this scary thing. The invitation to the self-pity party gets sent lightning quick, y'all. My goodness, if there's something our human egos are good at, it is sending a fast personal invitation to the self-pity party. 
And because I've done so much mindfulness work and personal ownership work, it is, I don't want to call it easy, but it's swift for me to catch that and stop it. To stop it as swiftly as pulling a car brake. I told my inner children and my inner adolescence, no, we are not entertaining this fear. This experience will be a teacher. I don't like this. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want Gusto to deal with this in any way. But I will deal with this for him, for me, and for Chris. I hugged Chris and we both cried. And then we went to go find our good boy and have family hugs. It's something that we do every day. We hug and Gusto squirms right in the middle. (laughs) He was trying to comfort us because he could tell we were sad. And I told Gusto, he is my big strong boy with a big strong immune system. And we will create a reasonable and low pain, high quality of life treatment plan. And give him all the happiness and love we can. And soak up his happiness and love. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask them all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? Well, we hear you and we have been there too. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. Who are we? I'm Dr. Jess Steyer, a public health scientist and also co-host of the Unbiased Science Podcast. Every day, I'll chat with one or both of your new pediatrician besties, Dr. Dina DiMaggio, a general pediatrician, and Dr. Anthony Porto, a pediatric gastroenterologist. We'll talk about all the things related to our kids' health, from dealing with a colicky infant to navigating puberty in the teenage years. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, now live on all podcast platforms. It took me about 45 minutes to stop crying on and off, getting my stuff together to go on a walk like we had planned that day. And so we went on a family walk and began the discussions of constructing our plan. We decided that we would find the right specialist the next day. That's today. We will likely cancel our first planned mini vacation that was scheduled a few weeks from now since COVID to schedule his surgery, to monitor his care. And this is what we can do. This is where our power sits. And instead of fighting this path that I don't want to walk, I intentionally choose to be grateful. Grateful that I have those few days off to sort this, to take care of myself. Grateful that we can get him the care that he needs earlier in my life. That would have been really hard when I was barely able to take care of myself. So I invite gratitude, even though there's pain. I cried on and off for hours yesterday, and that's continuing today. It's a release. The release is good. It's moving through where we hold up a boundary, where we hold up an inner stop sign is when our pain tries to create terrifying stories. So I'm staying aware of old stories from old trauma teachings 
I'm shutting down the critical voice that wants to worst case scenario. Gusto having cancer is not the universe turning on me. It is not some conspiracy to keep me in hard things. It's just life. And really and truly, I'm not scared. It's not that I'm scared. I stubbornly refuse to be scared. I refuse to let Gusto feel fear from me. I am resolute about doing what I can do. I'm sad that my boy's body is dealing with cancer. And I can't explain it to him. I'm sad about that reality with my dog and any dog or any small child. I'm sad for my inner child that she has to watch me be brave and sad again. Isn't that what we want as HSPs deep down? And we just cannot have it. And our task there is to face accepting that we can't keep the innocence of the world, the children and the pets free from pain or struggle. That is sad and an HSP ideal that most, if not all of us, carry around. This is often where the pain comes from. We might experience a tribal sort of grief as we work to face that, as we work towards the acceptance that bad things can happen to good people. And that we don't possess the power to eliminate pain or to eliminate struggle or sadness from this human experience. Not in our own lives, not in the lives of others. When I fully accept this, I'm not in fear of what I can't control. Rather, I help empower myself to use my energy for an empowered action plan. That's such a better use of my energy than flushing it down the anxiety, worry, anger toilet. As a feeler, it is essential to balance my feels with actions. After taking last night to just feel it while blocking any fear-based stories, the plan is forming. So what do we do? How do we do this? I wrote out the steps. My number one is we keep Gusto happy. He went to school today. He goes to school once a week. And that's a message that when we're in pain, we keep living. We keep going. We behaviorally move through no matter what we're feeling. Number two, we're going to seek a specialist's opinion. So we're looking for that specialist today and booking an appointment as soon as possible. That's an important step in doing what we can do and letting go of the rest. I'm going to call to speak with a few more questions to the doctor since Chris took the phone call. That's another thing that I can do. That's also a message in or a lesson in I'm going to gather information, but in a way that is grounded and calm, not obsessive or frantic. Number four. We're researching surgeons to increase the likelihood that his leg makes it through surgery. It's on the back of his knee, and we're learning that that's a very bad area for a dog to have a tumor. There's just kind of not enough flesh there to take all of it. So we've learned that different surgeons have different skills 
this feels empowering. This is a lesson in exploring our choices, not just gathering information, but permission to not jump on the very first thing out of anxiety or fear. So it's a grounding ourselves in healthy choices and making choices. That's also helping my nervous system not freeze or shut down or go inward. No avoidance. We have to explore these options. Number five, that we, me, hear the best case and worst case scenarios in a grounded way that keeps my nervous system untriggered. I want to hear this information neutrally, like the sky is blue, the grass is green, I'm five foot three. I want to receive my options with simplicity and a minimal fear-based processing or the other side, an overconfidence that tries to smother out my feelings. This is a commitment to honor my high sensitivity. Many highly sensitive people over the years in sessions with me have questioned, Nikki, are you sure I'm not bipolar? And that's a reasonable thing to sort through because being highly sensitive can feel polar that way. Our highs are higher, our lows are lower. So this is a commitment that honors the reality of that, that honors that it's my responsibility to ground myself and to allow options to just be options, not emotionally charged pieces of information. Because it's so easy to see something, to receive something as an emotionally charged piece of information. That's me honoring and caretaking my own sensitivity. Because once I'm triggered, my best thinking isn't going to happen. That's not going to help me. That's not going to help Chris. And that's not going to help Gusto. This is how I commit to making the very best decision that I can make. Number six, I don't obsess and I let this be background noise as we live. Life does not go on hold in the greater sense as we adjust to managing this. That's very important because depression gremlins, ooh, they're so seductive. The second we're in pain, when we have a depression history, they start to whisper. They want us to go to bed. They want us to stop living. They want us to pull the covers over our head and bury ourselves. And the depression gremlins delight. I'm not going to let that happen with a fierce stubbornness. Number seven, I visualize. I visualize the tumor shrinking and his body clear, strong, resilient, I picture him as an old man dog over a decade from now, taking me well into my 50s. Now, some of you will go, ooh, I don't know about that. I might be really disappointed. I'd rather be disappointed than allow myself to not visualize exactly what I want. This is me using the law of attraction. This is me telling the universe, hey, this okay? Do you see this? Do you see this picture in my mind? This is what I would like. Take a snapshot of that universe. Deliver it, please. Why not? Why would I possibly give in to fear and picture the other side of that coin? No, 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 no. That's not a denial. That's not a pie-in-the-sky way of being. That's intention. 
I visualize and I set the intention. Number eight, and the final one I have for you, I stay aware, not hypervigilant, of long, old triggers of abandonment wounds, of losing and leaving people, and of the wisdom that I've gained. It's been hard-earned, y'all, that it's my job, and I know how to soothe my inner child as needed. And I trust that big grown-up me is handling all of this. And that big grown-up me can help my inner child know it is so okay for me to be sad. Sad sometimes shows us just how much we care and how much we love, and we don't have to be scared by our sadness. I reassure my inner child that I will continue taking care of her and gusto, and I'm here to make safe and strong and healthy decisions. I soothe and reassure. You can take all the freaking baths that you want and light as many candles without this piece of deep self-soothing, of understanding exactly what it is that needs the soothing. The bubble baths won't help too much. I think I said that's the last one I have, but I'm going to add this. No catastrophizing. No internet black holes. All research. Time limited with breaks woven in. Those are boundaries. I will keep trusting my gut. I commit to not smushing down my feelings so that they come out sideways in a way that does not serve me or anybody else around me. If I cry in public, I will allow it without self-shaming. And I let my inner child know it's perfectly fine for people to see me emotional. And if anyone judges... Their judgments are not mine and belong to them. And I send them back by saying, that's not mine. When a sad story infiltrates my mind, like it's sad for me to think that the way that he hikes and backpacks with us and loves being in the mountains could be impeded by this. So I mindfully notice that story and I observe myself pull back my energy like a camera zooms out so that I have a chance to refocus, stop future tripping, and go back to those steps, go back to visualizing what I want, picturing my sweet baby guy happy on those trails, tired in his sleeping bag after a long day of backpacking. I can do this. Here's some language that I'm using for myself that if it helps you, I'm so happy to share it with you. I can do this. I am doing this. I'm doing a good job at this. I've said, I think in the last episode, a line about life is struggle, but the suffering is optional. I really do live by that. Sadness is different than suffering. Know that, believe it, and lean into it. Don't allow the ego to convince you That sadness is the struggle. You have so much more power, even over the things that you seem so powerless over. And believing that is half the battle. Thank you for listening. Thank you for holding space for me in my sadness, in my vulnerability. I hope you notice if you judge me, 
because it really isn't a judgment about me if you do for being vulnerable on the air, for sharing this with you. It would be a judgment about your own sensitivity. And if you hear me and see me in my vulnerability and don't see me as weak, all those judgments that we grew up with, then know that that's for you too, that you were growing and being able to accept your own sensitivity. I hope this episode showed you something about how to process either pain that you're currently going through or whatever the next wave of pain comes at you because that's part of being alive and we can respect who we are to our core, what we've been through in our history and remind ourselves how freaking strong we are to handle whatever is happening in this given moment. That is how we take care of this heart that beats in our highly sensitive chests. I hope you were able to practice empathizing without absorbing and that when you're done listening, you release this and you allow yourself to feel joy and light. I know that I could have given a story of about 18 billion people dying and it doesn't hit our high sensitivity as much as something's going on with a dog. It's kind of a a weird flip-floppy thing in our sensitivity, but it's because our pets are such representations of unconditional love, something that has been so hard for us to feel, even from ourselves to ourselves, much less with other human beings on the planet. Dogs are very, very special gurus in those ways. Be kind to yourself. I promise you, Gusto wants you to be happy and go about your day. And that's a very important lesson that we can shift, we can let go, and we can vibe high even in the face of our struggles. I'll keep you guys updated. If you want to close your eyes and send me a little love or a little prayer, I would receive that. And that's a beautiful thing that we can do when we feel powerless for people we care about, for people that we know and people we don't know. Whenever we're aware of any human pain or animal pain that's going on. And just like anything else that I share or don't share, you are welcome to come to the Patreon and ask me questions. Our next live stream is on codependency. So if you have questions about that, come find us, come log on, come listen to all of those exclusive episodes we have right there for you. Come join at patreon.com backslash emotional badass. That is the only reason that we do not pollute the show with commercials. So thank you, all of you who have five or 10 bucks, two bucks to throw us to help us honor the spirit of the show and not go the route of commercials. We know you don't want to listen to them. Thank you for supporting me, supporting you. And when you come to Patreon, that money definitely filters down from me to four other people that I pay to make this show happen. I want to thank some Patreon producers of the show. That's part of what you get is a shout out, and I'm so happy to do it. I want to thank Ashley, Jeff, Evelyn, Wendy, Jennifer. Ooh, we got a full name user, y'all. Tiana Billingsley is being super brave. Thank you, Tiana. I want to thank Anne, Bridget, 
Polly, Hanny. Oh, you were in the last Boundaries course. I'm so happy to see you here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to thank Debbie, Liz, Beth, and Didi808, Nicole, and Lisa. And I hope today's episode wasn't too messy and really helped you out. I'm an emotional badass. You're an emotional badass. And together we are where Moxie meets Mindful. Light and love. And I will see you right here next week. Take care. Bye-bye.